Greetings everybody, this is Wesley Pepper and you're tuning to my podcast, Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia, which is brought to you by Spodcaster and Biobal. Um, yeah, man, um, just before we start, like, uh, recap on last week's episode, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Erica last, um, last week. I think we touched on some really cool stuff, we spoke about some really cool stuff and um, she does some, um, you know... I really think those uh, uh, ice sculptures are incredibly beautiful and uh, I know she was also working on that uh, trying to raise funds for that project in Fuster so all the best for that. I kind of hope that my, um, you know, our episode yesterday would help somewhat, you know, maybe somebody would hear it somewhere, some potential funder or whatever, yeah, so yeah big up to her for that i think that was a that was a lot of that was a fantastic fantastic episode yeah man uh moving on to uh, this week um this week we're talking to an author from bulawayo in zimbabwe um her name is violet sohili kitui um kitui i hope i pronounced that correct um so she's the uh um she's an author of a book titled uh mulberry dreams and i actually came across the book very interestingly enough um through pilani uh we know we've spoken we, we spoke to him a few times um on this podcast and uh pilani made me uh, uh you know made me up to it and like i read what he said about it and i read the uh uh what john um what john apple um was also a very um uh, for those of you who don't know he's a really highly uh, rated um um, poet in Zimbabwe. I've read a lot bunch of his stuff too and I think he's an incredible writer as well um, and um, that really made me like then I got really um, or rather those you know reading up about that like really I said okay sure I really would like to talk to this um, to um, to talk to the author and um, you know we set it up and, and everything and like one of the things that um, um, from what I can from what I can tell that, um, that she writes about um, something that strikes home to me you know, given that I'm um, 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 colored or Creole or mixed race or however you want to call it, um, yeah, is the you know is the whole idea. Uh, 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 I guess Southern African uh, um, identity politics around mixed race people. Um, yeah, I don't speak to it. I don't speak about it too much. In fact. I've memory serves me. This will actually be the first episode where I sort of tackle or or or, or, um, or speak about that through um through um through another artist's work. Um, yeah, because it's a topic that's just so complicated for me, and it's so layered. And I think it'll just take me for you for me to give uh, for rather for me to give you my perspectives on that. It'll take a whole bunch of episodes, and it's a really complicated thing. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, but besides that, that's not just we're gonna talk about 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 the entire book about publishing or rather her career before um i know she started off as a journalist so we were talking about her career before she started um um um, um you know became a full-time writer and what she's doing now and of course moving forward and like you know like with everybody else i'm also very interested to know about how they're adapting to the post-covid world you know in terms of technology um yeah so a lot of cool stuff to uh look forward to i will chat to you towards the end of the episode about um the last few uh <laughs> about future uh, about all future episodes and uh yeah about that all important art giveaway and so stay tuned for that um hope you enjoy today's episode and i'll chat to you at the end of this 
Baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobulb.org. Okay, here we go. Violet, um, let me get your name right here because I'm not, I sometimes, more more than often, sometimes pronounce things incorrectly. So it's Violet Sohili Kitui. Is that right? Um, so it's it's uh, Violet. Violet. Oh, Violet. Oh, so Sohili Kitui. Kitui. No problem. It's a common mistake. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay. Is the surname a nickname? Is it a surname, surname? Or is it like a stage name? Or uh, So the Saheli is my maiden name. Yeah. And I established myself as a writer, with, as a journalist, with the, the name Saheli. Okay. Um, but I've okay. now I'm known professionally as Kitui, which was my married name. Okay. Um, so the book actually is just Violet Kitui, but on Facebook and other yeah. places, because I'm trying to connect with people who knew me before, I use... Okay. I know it's a mouthful, but I'm not no. It's it's it, uh, it's interesting. It it is interesting because everyone that knew me. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So you you trying to trying to connect with your journalists uh, or other people who used to read you as a journalist and your kind of your fan base that you're creating now, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm, and especially yeah. with Facebook, because I'm trying yeah. to connect with high school student, um, high school um, yeah. classmates. Um, I've used the full name. Yeah. Um, and so it's quite a, a mix of um, ethnic backgrounds as well. Um, the Sohaili. Yeah. 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 Iranian. Tell me about that. Okay. Okay. So Iranian. My, my parents are Iranian. Okay. By by birth, uh, though I was born in Zimbabwe. And then Kitui, my ex-husband, is half Chinese. So, yeah, we've got the whole United Nations going in. in <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I like it. Ticking all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got Asia, you got, wow, okay, Africa yeah. is represented. Uh, <laughs> For sure. So that's actually, that's actually very cool to, like, to, like, to like kickstart off because, um, yeah, man, like you said, like I, from what I can understand, you had a long journalist, a long career as a journalist, right? And um, yes, actually, I want to touch base on that. But like, since the first time you are like on the, uh, on, the um, on my show, uh, just give my listeners like just so a, a brief thing here on like, you know, where you're from, what you did, da, 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 how you became a, yeah, you know, just a very brief thing on that. Uh, yeah, where you come, what you did. Uh, yeah, that type of thing. Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to be sharing um, my thoughts and my book with you. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm born in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, of Iranian parents. Um, I started as a trainee journalist when I was 18. I had plans to go to a media college, and the very same day that I got the acceptance, I had the opportunity to train under two extremely experienced um, editors. So it was just at the time when our government-run newspapers were becoming a lot more restrictive, and these two editors um, wanted to enjoy the freedom that they had um, of speech and of the media. So they started their own independent newspaper, and um, they took me on as a trainee. So I was this 18-year-old with 
very little experience except a love of writing, working under these two unbelievable editors, no, not only in Zimbabwe, but throughout the region, like yes. fierce editors. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a baptism by fire. Yeah. They, they taught me the, the trade incredibly well. Um, I went on from there to work at the national newspaper, the Chronicle, mm -hmm. one of them. Um, and I started on the news desk just for that, you know, to, to tighten my writing and my yeah. experience. And then very soon I moved to the features desk because it became clear I wasn't the chase down ambulances type of journalist. I was okay. the one who liked to sit and, and get the stories and, and talk about people and experiences. And I was clearly a feature writer from the beginning, yeah. but I needed that news writing under deadline to hone my skill and yeah. I appreciate that time. Yeah. It was yeah, it was during some quite dicey times in our politics. So I, I saw a few things which made me quite sure that I wanted to be yeah. more in yeah. the feature writing side than the political side of things. Um so that's my journalism background. I I carried on most of my adult life as um, a journalist. I've worked for the Edgar's Club magazine where I was editor for some years. I've worked for Zimbabwe Sun where I was a lifestyle uh, magazine editor. Mm. I've done freelancing, um, pretty much anything that is yeah. written word is yeah. what I've done in my, my paid yeah. adult life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most yeah. of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the journalism background. Um, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's kind of, let's kind of, let's kind of pause there because there's a few questions I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch on there. Uh, the first one, the first one is, and this one, I'm sure we're gonna lead up to this when we talk about the book. Uh, when you were saying, um, as a as a journalist, you were saying about that very interesting times politically that was happening in Zim. So when about was that, and what are and 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 you know what was it specifically that uh, I would say got under your skin? So it was the early uh, 80s uh, to, it was the 80s, basically. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. We had, we had the whole ugly um, part of our history of yeah. Kurahundi and a great deal of, of military activity in, in my part of the country, which is Matabili land. Mm, mm, um, mm. And yes, I, there, was, there was a time when I was the only journalist on duty on a Sunday and had to drive into quite um, a remote area. Yeah. And um, it, it was, it was a frightening time. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with people being killed by the thousands, which numbers we're only finding out now. Um, and so, yes, I, it, it was all a very political and heated time, both in our country and the newspaper became quite a hotbed of, of um, under um, sort of undercovering political um, issues and yeah. unearthed a scandal while I was there, a government scandal. So the, our newspaper, The Chronicle, became really well known. And sure. I remember we used to have to line up uh, or try to get through mobs of people to get to the office every day because people were there trying to get a copy of the paper. Yes. Um, to see what was the new development. So there was a, a big scandal called the Willowvale scandal, which came at the same time. Okay. 
And our newspaper, though it was a government one, the editor stepped out and he exposed it. Um, so it was quite an exciting and heady time. To yeah, be I can understand. A journalist and to be at the Chronicle. Um, but yeah, as I say, I quickly went on to um, telling the stories of, of the people rather than the news on the political events. Yeah, that's, that's a, where I felt impact could still be made. That's a, that's a, I actually wanted to lead into that question after that. Um, um, well, you actually answered it by, <laughs> by, by saying that. Um, I wanted to ask, like, you know, if you look at the event, what, what part of it impacted? So, uh, you, you the most. So, if you're talking about the, about, about the people part, I guess my question is, uh, or rather, I, I think, um, uh, or, or what type of stories uh, were you um, were you telling um, were, you, were you telling the political story, or were you telling how the politics are uh, affecting uh, the people, or you know, or what um, or what side of the story um, 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 were you looking at at that time? Um, I was looking more at the the social impact and um, which continue today. Yes, and I don't think you have to really make a political statement or or talk at length about the politics to see that people are struggling in, in yeah. many different ways and um the impact from the 80s are still being felt yeah um and as you know in south africa oh yeah it is um it's not an easy road to finding um you know it today it's quite ironic because it's our Zimbabwe Independence Day. Oh, okay. and, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And independence is one thing that can be declared, but to to feel it and to yeah, it it's a different thing. A completely eh? yeah. different thing. Um, and so I I quickly got put onto a women's section where I wrote a, a weekly women's column, and I tried to identify women's programs or women's empowerment issues or just the stories about women's courage and sure and freedoms or lack of freedoms and that led from one thing to another i mean this was some years ago and i probably changed a lot in both my attitude and in in what i would write about but those were my early years yeah 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 and um um, 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 yeah, man. I, I, I want to, I want to touch on that because I know, as a um, on this on this podcast, we talk to a lot of creators, a lot of artists in different fields, and so on. And like one of the things I know, even in my in my own practice, is that um, um, those things that move you specifically in your early twenties, um, um, there around when you're young, has a big impact on the art um, that you create later on in the year. So, from what I can understand, those. Um, I guess, like what um, what what happened over there, how you conceptualize that. Um, um, uh, well, we kind of we kind of get to that, but like I, I would assume that like you you use some of that for your um, for Mulberry Dreams, is that correct? Or you some know, of the, some of the experiences, or, yeah. or I think more maybe some of the people that I met. It's so what I want to stress about the book, and um, yeah. I hope you will get to read it. Yes, yes, that, yes. Um, if it if it makes any kind of political statement, that's completely what the reader would read into it. It's yeah. not. It's written as a a story about as a human story and i'd like to think that it would to some extent transcend mm. any community and any country because it's a lot more about the struggles of of being people in this crazy world when we're taught to be separate rather than together yeah and whether that's at societal level or political level 
at the heart of it, we're just people yeah. who are, you know, feeling disappointment and hope and love and loss and, yeah. um, you know, um, tragedy and celebration. Um, and so it, it's a very human story, which is set against the backdrop of um, some things that had an impact politically and in our part of the world that had huge racial yeah. um, implications. Yeah, and I want to. It's not. Mm. Uh, it's not a political mm. book. It's a human yeah, story. Yeah. But I'm then glad if you we go stressed that. Of politics. If we go to the roots yeah. of politics, they should be about humans. They should be about the individual. They become about something completely different. But politicians and politics should be about the people. Yeah. And not just how they vote, but who yeah. they are and what yeah. they need, needs, their aspirations. Yeah. Yeah, 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 interesting. Um, so yes, yeah, interesting. Um, In anyway, uh, just to finish off my yes. journalistic background. Yes, yes. Um, I then, after that stint at the uh, the local newspaper, the national newspaper, but based in Bulawayo, I <coughs> went to London and I studied journalism. I just felt that I I had the the hands on experience. Yeah, and I now needed the formal qualifications. Yes, so I did a an honours diploma at London <laughs> School of Journalism and then came back and worked largely in feature writing from then on. Yeah, okay. Um, in your, um, you consider yourself as a narrative journalist, right, or when you were a journalist, right, and you now you're saying you were moving mm -hmm. to feature writing. Um, what is a narrative journalist, just quickly? So it's kind of a made-up term, but yeah. it really works because it's a journalist okay. who wants to tell stories. And a dear friend of mine um, and mentor, John Apple, um, used that expression. And I think it really works because it's far more than a feature writer. What does that say? But a narrative journalist who still sticks to the facts but tells a story. Ah, uh. That's, that's uh, what I'm looking at. Okay. Um, so it still has qualities of, yes. A, yes. Of, a, uh, of a narrative with the description of the person the setting. Yeah. But it still hinges on the facts, either yeah. the person you're interviewing or the place or the project. So it's yeah. a mix of imagination in terms of describing, but very much factual. Wow. Okay. I like well. that. Uh, yeah, I can actually see that. <laughs> I see that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I can relate to that. And, the uh, story through, <coughs> through the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how that can sort of build up into actually putting together a, um, a formal publication uh, because the stories would stick and so on and so on. Yeah, I get that. That's actually quite interesting. So now that we cover the journalist thing and we can, and um, you know, and for that we can understand like where, um, the headspace is and now with the description of the natural journal I, I can see like what style writing and where you're going and so on so um just a um, just a question on um on writing as a uh, as a as a uh, uh, I would say as a profession I know that <laughs> from a South African perspective and I know artists <clears throat> excuse me yeah there's a frog in my throat excuse me oh sorry yeah, man, it's a change of season. Ugh, you know, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't that. like it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just all of a sudden, like as I'm talking to my throat, anyway, sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, like, I know that with artists, um, and yeah, there's actually cuts across all genres, really. Um, 
you know, as a journalist, it's a, a, you know, yeah, you're still writing and so on, but it's still quote unquote full time work. Um, uh, to to move in as, as a writer, those are not uh, a major career. Those are not like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move right because I'm gonna make X amount of money, X amount of time, and all of that. Right. You become you you become an artist of that because you have to. They, 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 you know, we can't explain it. It's just there. It's just that you know, okay, boom, this is what I'm gonna do. So. Um, <clears throat> It's actually quite of um, a kind, kind of kind of an interesting um, pro, uh, pro, uh, pro, uh, progression to me as well to see like where politics or social politically your writing came from and how sort of was moving technically and then yeah you say okay you have all this uh, I, I would assume this huge uh, uh, collection of stories themes uh, uh, and all of these things so so now you just need a, a, a sort of a platform like boom um, 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 you know. I just get like to get the processes running. Um, so uh, just to give the story, uh, I would guess, uh, uh, you know, a, a strong narrative. Uh, when you started to move out of journalism, what, when was this? Was this the early 90s? Um, when about was this? Okay, so I didn't actually move um, out of journalism. I continued <coughs> as a journalist, my profession. Yes, yes, yes. I remember you. Until... Almost present time. I mean, I still oh. write freelance. Okay, um, okay, okay. And, and so I was, I was actually just thinking about this that it's it's very hard to to make a career as an author or as a fiction. Yeah, writer, that's kind of where I'm leading you, up to. Yeah. Yes. So I've always had the paying job of I put my money through being a journalist employed by either a magazine or an agency. And yeah, not a lot of money because <laughs> it, it doesn't pay well, but it's always been, it's been my, my income generator. Yes, ma'am. So the, so then the fiction <clears throat> came into it while I was still a journalist and I started writing short stories, but I actually still consider myself a journalist who wrote a, wrote a book mm. <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the journalism is has always been almost always. Though I had a stint in teaching as well, but it's uh, always been my profession. It's what's on my passport, which sometimes mm. gets me into trouble. <laughs> but if anyone were to say, "What is your profession?" It's journalism, and in a way, um, like photography, I think that uh, journalism is a craft in that it mixes the technical and the creative. And mm. meets together in a craft. Interesting. Um, the the distinction then becomes, and I'm talk. I was talking to you about being a narrative journalist. Yes. I had to put the brakes a little bit on how much descriptive, <clears throat> you know, like it's um, say for example, it's a rugby match. No one really wants to know that as they did the touchdown, there was a beautiful rainbow. But that's where my eyes were looking <laughs> at the setting of the rainbow. So, but I still had to like be reined in by the facts of what the score was of the rugby match. Um, so now with, with fiction writing and where I first ventured into it yes. with short stories was this complete free fall where now there's no facts and I'm making it all up from scratch. And that took quite a, you know, like a, a, a real um, determination. It mm. was a physical determination to say, you don't need to be tied back to the facts. You can just. You can let your creativity yeah. run. And it's both liberating, but also very scary because as yeah. a journalist all your life, the facts yes. hold you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep centered. Yes. 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 Yeah. And if somebody questions your writing, you always refer back to the facts and you yes. use that as your safeguard. Now you write um, a piece of fiction 
what's safeguarding you? It's just your imagination. Yes. That's, you know, on the witness stand. It, yeah, yeah, some of yeah. Your, of course, is, is formed and formulated by your past experiences, from your observations. But if you're saying at the beginning that um, this story bears no resemblance to to people or facts of any kind, then you're making that break from reality. Um, and you're, yeah, as I say, it's like jumping off a cliff. It's, it yeah. feels great when you're floating, but it's yeah. also quite scary. It's quite scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get you. I totally, I can, I can, I can, I can totally relate to what you're saying there. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so uh, you were you were you were mentioning early on that you wrote some short stories, right? Um, is Mulberry Dreams your first full-on uh, 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 novel or published novel? It is. Yes, it is. Okay. I, um, have you published yes, like I, other small short stories, um, you know, in other uh, online publications or uh, journals or something like that? Yes, sadly, they have not been published either online or otherwise. Um, but I entered uh, this is quite a well-known and reputable short writing competition in Zimbabwe called the Intwaza. Okay. And I entered that three times. Um, when third place, um, second place, and then in 2013, I won the Yvonne Vera. Yes, yes, class. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, then I kind of I was like, okay, I got the third, I got the second, I got the first, and I never did it. I never entered again. <laughs> so <laughs> three years in a row, and then I, I, I think it was soon after that that I, um, well, I realized the thrill that, that gave me, that yeah. writing. Yeah. And... I then signed up in 2010 um, with a friend for National Writers Month. It's called NaNoWriMo. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but it's this yeah. movement worldwide to get people to to create to write creatively. So you have to write 50,000 words within a month, from the 1st of November to the 30th of. November. That sounds like quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge because yeah. if you work it out, you're writing about 1,000 words a day. Yeah, that's, that's so. I signed up for this, <coughs> and I, I then just the the thing, the trick is, you just write without editing. You get that content down, and then you go back and you see if you've got something to work with. Yes. So by November 30th, I had 5,003 words. So I'd done it, and that was Mulberry Dreams. But mm. then I obviously did a lot of Editing, editing yeah pulled out pulled out 10,000 words which i think could make a novella one day mm. but kind of took the story off track and then i built it back up to what it is which is about i think 65,000 <coughs> words yeah and like i want to get into that now so um Interesting that the process around there was was pretty interesting. So a month. So I guess like the uh, what I'm what I what I what I'm pretty interested in is 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 is, is uh, 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 what story or what part of the story um, inspired you to 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 write that. You know, so like okay, I'm gonna put together a novel. I'm gonna write about do, 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 dot 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 dot. Mm. Yeah. What um what so was the funny it? thing, Wesley? Mm. The very funny thing <clears> is that when I started writing on the 1st of November 2010. I had no idea what I was going to write. And in fact, I think the first um, maybe thousand words were a story I scrapped all together. Okay. And it was um, a story about, like I had this vague idea because cooking and food has always been very important in my family. And 
our occasions are celebrated with food and yes. a sense of comfort. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember there was a time when um, things were very tense here politically and people were packing little bags with their essentials, like their documents, yes. water, and in case they had to leave, like in a moment's notice because yeah. violence around elections was, was heating up. And um, a friend came by and she said, so have you packed your bag? Do you have everything? And I'm like, no, but I baked muffins. Would you like a banana muffin? And I realized that I processed um, <laughs> angst <laughs> through things that gave me comfort. So they became known as the emergency muffins. <laughs> so my story was going to be about how food um, was a marker to, <laughs> to people's lives. But then um, – and then again, I have to refer to John Apple. Yeah. Um, he said once, he said, create your characters and they will take you where they want to go. And that sounds so like mystical and magical and nonsense, but it works. And so somehow mm. these characters emerged from my imagination and they told the story. And I literally felt like the driver and the passenger was telling me where to go. Yes. When I look back on it, that's really how it felt. And we were going along, the characters and I, and at some point we became merged. <laughs> but at some point I had to return to the world of reality and take my kids on the school run. And and at the time I was teaching English, go on mm. and be a teacher and then come back into this mystical, magical world. So I had these two universes of mine going simultaneously. Yeah. And it was it was kind of crazy, but kind of exciting. Yeah, it sounds like I, 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 I can relate. How, uh. Can you relate? Yeah, Absolutely. so these people were living in my head. Absolutely. But no one else knew about them. Yeah. So. No, I, I think that's <laughs> one of the powers a, of an artist is that like an artist uh, <clears throat> is honest enough or brave enough or whatever enough to go in and, and you know, like awaken these characters and say, hey, I've da, da, da. and once they awake, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Exactly. It's, 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 it's right. very, very interesting. So that's, that, 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 that's super powerful. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me who, um, mm -hmm. who were these characters and what was their story? What were they, uh, what were they telling you? Right. So um, these characters, the, the main characters come from two families um, and two timelines. So we've got two yes. families, one white, one colored, and two timelines, 1978, and around 20, 2008, 2010, around that period. Um, and so these two families in 1978 are separated along color lines and, and societal lines, mm -hmm. but they're somehow connected. Like I have to be careful not to give away too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Let's a, not give away too much. In a tragic much. way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're connected in a tragic way that has ripple effects <clears throat> on the families. And mm. then 30 years later, um, the, the younger generation is still stuck in what happened in 1978 yes and are trying to work through that trying to process it but um in a in a way that the story travels through what they're doing not they don't even realize that's what they're doing mm. they don't realize they're stuck they don't realize how much of an impact yeah um they knew that that day yeah the day that um was bright blue to disguise the tragedy, as I put it. Yes. They know that that day changed them forever. 
but they don't realize that they're still reliving it in everything they do. So mm. it's kind of a story about these two individual families, but also sometimes I feel about our country that we're still stuck in wherever yeah. we started or wherever our beliefs were formed. Yeah. And we have yeah. trouble moving yeah. forward together to a new reality. <clears throat> and yeah. you know, I'm kind of on that cusp because I'm in my early 50s. So I I had enough of well I was I was 13 at independence it didn't mean a lot to me except we got the day off school and we got to go and line the streets <laughs> and wave to prince charles and he looked the other way as he went past my friends and I so yeah I didn't even know who Bob Marley was. I mean, that's how ignorant I was. He came and performed at our independence celebration. Yeah, yeah, he did. And about five years later, I was like, I can't believe I missed. You Bob missed Marley out on Bob was, Marley, and that was one of his last concerts yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So I was very young, and I was just yeah. starting high school. Yeah, and I had a sense of the war because it was what people talked about, and that yeah. goes through a little bit in my book, the war and the fear and. The media, my dad would get the newspaper delivered in like he used to in those days. And we'd sit at the breakfast table before school and he'd open the paper and there'd be these horrific pictures on the front page of mutilated bodies. And mm. I'd go to school in tears um, until they start, started hiding the newspaper from me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was never the news and political type of journalist. I couldn't have faced stuff mm. when I was... Interesting. In the middle of a war. Yeah, interesting. But we also had this weird, um, this weird experience because we were living in the cities and it didn't affect us on a daily basis. We lived our lives, and yet there was this war raging around mm. us. So we, yeah, it, mm. it took mm. its toll on us psychologically. It's got a strong South African. Everybody um, shot. Yeah, it's a fine enough. Like what you what you're saying has um, resonates really strongly here in South Africa. Um, um, a lot of the I'm themes sure. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot actually. It's it actually sounds it sounds quite South African, um, especially the where you start when you say there's two families. It's the white and the coloured. Um, and I also want to come in there and I want to touch on this uh, theme. Um, um, not briefly, but I just want to you know I don't I don't want to get too deep into mm -hmm. it. Um, and I have my reasons for that, but um. Um, 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 in South Africa, uh, uh, if you, um, the colored race, uh, they were the buffer between, you know, the white race and, uh, well, I guess the rest of the, like, like, like the part that said, you know, or the Africans and, um, a very complicated because myself, you know, I'm, I'm mixed race myself, colored too. Um, and identity politics played, it still plays a major, major role in everything. Uh, my decisions, my art making sure. and everything. And, uh, so that little buffer there because I grew up, uh, uh, under the Bible and like I was told to be love and become everything white, you know, and I actually rebelled against all of the above. Um, and that kind of long, <clears throat> I guess led to a bit of my identity crisis and so on and so on. So, um, what I'm, um, what I'm, um, interested, um, I also rather, uh, before I make the ask a question, just, uh, um, just another point. This is also what I'm very, very interested in. So, um, my father and, um, is from Zimbabwe, is, is from Bulawayo or rather was born there. And my grandmother oh, wow. was, yeah. <laughs> and my, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You're yeah. 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 That's why I'm like building up to, <laughs> you know, 
know. to a visit, I hope. Um, Funny enough, eh? check here. Um, this morning, I'm having my coffee and I realized like the only photo I can remember of myself in Zim was standing on top of Cecil John Rowe's fucking grave. Can you believe that? Um, I know that I was there with my with my with my old man. He still had a lot of beard and what what and um, other family members. I don't have more man. Yeah, top of Sir John Rhodes' grave. Like <laughs> you have you have a whole family here waiting to meet you. So um, not he- you. There's so many writers in Bulawayo. You need to come. Yeah, man. I've, um, I've, I've, man. My throughout the years, I've, I've maintained a bit of a connection with uh, people in some, especially the from the, and you know, and, and when I became a publisher, I used to try to publish as many writers as I can from there, or connect them up with, um, with various, uh, well, everything, uh, distributors, etc. You know, I act like an old, uh, <laughs> a bit of a middle man. And um, actually, it was through those networks that I actually eventually met Bilani. Um, and yeah, and he was an outstanding writer. So, and we became friends afterwards. Sure. So, um, the colored, um, the colored condition uh, 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 that you are, uh, as, as you know, as I explained to you, it, it had a, but it, it really fucked up my identity politics. And um, yeah. um, 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 is that a, um, is that a, is that a theme that you are uh, addressing in the um, in in, um, in, um, in the novel? And if so, you know, what part of it? Um, because you mix race yourself, right? So I, I, I guess I'm also asking, like, what's your, uh, or rather, what part of your experiences are you uh, reflect or telling through the um, through the book, with not giving too much away, of course, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe what's um, most telling about the um, the place I'm trying to say the coloreds have in our society is when um, Calvin, the main male protagonist, his mother, Gwenny, um, she says, you know, she's been laid off her job and she said, yeah, we were, we were too dark for the whites and we're too light yeah. for the blacks. Yeah. Maybe like nobody wants us kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's been the reality to some extent is that there hasn't been a place for the colored community to find their niche. They were like skipped over. Um, and yet when I think about it, if we're trying to reconcile two halves of who we are, like our our colonial identity and our post-independence identity, surely the only way forward is through those races that merged to create mm. a colored community. Mm. They're the best. They can be the best of both of us, the bridge. Yeah. And yet it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't seem to work out <clears> that way. So, so it's a bit complicated for me because um, my actual heritage is Iranian, so I wouldn't yeah. have been considered mixed race or as yeah. any term here, colored. But my skin tone would place me as a colored. Yeah. So if you looked at my documents, and that was what sometimes people looked at, I was white because Iranian people white. <laughs> but if you looked at me, and who asks for your documents when they want to sit and you know be your friend? No, yeah. your, your color. And I also have to say that uh, I had such amazing experiences with acceptance, but I've also had and witnessed experiences of um, you know, racism mm. be- on on all sides because, like, where do you put me? And people want to put you into a box, and when yeah. you can't, then, then they a problem. Know what to do with you? Mm. So then, I I married a um, a man who's mixed race, coloured. Um, they lived a lot 
in England as well. So I had somewhat of an insight into the community there. Um, and my children are mixed race. Mm. And I know that they've struggled with identity because having, you know, me as a mother, Iranian, where do we put her? And then mm. their dad, who's not maybe what you would call, I don't know, I want to use a word that, that yes. phrase it correctly, not not what people would expect. Yes. Sometimes people have expectations of how a colored person should yes. look or talk. And yeah. Yeah, would be told why don't you know what's why do you talk like that? Yeah, because he kind of picked up the inflections of his yeah. time in England. Yeah. Um. So my kids were like, you know, where do we fit? And I think they still sometimes struggle with that. <coughs> out of necessity for fitting nowhere, we've had to fit into just ourselves. We yeah. have To find this core inside us that is us, and we're many things made up. Yeah. In one person. Um, so that's my personal experience, but I, I see that I used to long to be a member of a community. I used yeah. to, oh, I, I, yeah. I'd, go, I'd, I'd have friends in those areas and they all knew each other and they knew each other's aunties. And yes. if they walked down the road and they misbehaved, the word would get home to yeah. mama before they got home. Yeah. And I so wanted to be part of that, but I also realized that that also bound them, bound them often to a set of expectations that society had. So if they stepped out or if like my ex-husband, they spoke differently, they were like, Oh, you know, what's mm. wrong with you? So mm. there was, um, acceptance, but often even among the colored community, there's acceptance, but there's also, um, maybe this feeling that you must abide by the rules of oh, yeah. the, the tribe of the clan. Oh yeah. And when you, when you step out of that, yeah. So I think sometimes we're fighting among within ourselves and we're also fighting the bigger picture. So we're not finding acceptance in the bigger political or societal landscape, but we're also not always finding our niche in the color code that we've been assigned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. So, so this is where you live, this is your skin color, this is yeah. how you talk, so this is yeah. how you must behave. So for me, it was more about that. It was that you know, where, where does it all begin and where does it yeah. end? We're humans. We're not, you know, we, we don't have a barcode on us that tells uh, us how we must behave or yeah. who we must love. That's a very South African thing. Um, um, I think I think your story will definitely resonate um, uh, both in the colored and I guess the, the, the part of part of the African community, black community, and and because uh, um, and, and and some of the white community because they too uh, the Afrikaner and the Englishman. There's also uh, yeah 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 the, the the one of the one of the biggest prejudices I had to face come because I. I'm originally from 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 um, you know Kimberley's a small town and creatively yes. you wasn't you wasn't much going on especially when I was growing up so uh, 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 even something like um, which is now a bit more acceptable being a bit more creative but not so much uh, when I was growing up for sure was to be even 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 to be creative was considered like. You know that's not part, and 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 those expectations uh, that were forced on us were all terrible um, things. You know, like you know, wife beaters. You know, you drunk gangsterism. You know, you can always get things. You can steal things. You can get things for cheap. You know, your car, loud car, aggressive driving. You know, always cheating on your partner. There's always those disgusting, uh, pathetic stereotypes that are sort of enforced on us. And like I've noticed. Um, 
I sort of conceptualized, a, 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 you know, bits and parts of it into a character, into a bird, which I use in my, um, uh, in my, in my, in my, in my art making, um, um, really, um, because it was just a very terrible thing. And like, um, I can totally resonate with what you were saying there in a major way, actually. Um, I really want to read the book. <laughs> um, um, definitely. Um, hello. Hello. Um, shit, I think she just went quiet there. That was great while it lasted and then it just died. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So it happens. We had, and we had 40 good minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was about to happen. Um, and the line is actually so crisp and clear. It's unbelievable. It just shows the difference between Wi-Fi and everything else. Um, it's it's coming. The quality of the recording is just was pretty cool. So uh, just oh, before sorry. I I'm cut, sorry, I missed. Yes. Yeah, yes. man. Um, one of the problems in uh, being in a small community. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I was there. There wasn't so I, a lot of creative happening. Yeah, okay, so I said a but. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> I missed, probably missed, like, the absolute essence of the interview. <laughs> so now I've got to kind of remix Sorry. it. <laughs> um, but in essence, um, so I've got to give you, like, the shortened version now. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, in essence, I was saying um, it was those um, – uh, being different in this in this community uh, had also a huge effect on my identity because uh, there was no room for creativity. And then in moving into a major or major or bigger uh, city or at least where there's more creatives, there, there's there's other expectations because you're coming there and they're expecting all these terrible things that was forced on us. You know, wife beating, right. fast cars, uh, mm -hmm. uh, drunk, uh, drugs, uh, all gangsters. The the the, 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 the the narrative was the one that offended me used um, um, the most, and I still get it today. Yes. Uh, 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 funny enough, but it's very nuanced and it's very it's very clean, um, oh, very very clean. But it's still there. I still see it. But um, 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 that part of the story, I can uh, I can I can totally relate to, and, and that's why I was saying earlier it's a very South African thing, um, and um, it's 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 yeah, man. Like personally. It's 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 affected. Uh, oh yeah, that was the other point I was going to say that, um, or, or rather, finishing off on this point was that um, in my art making, um, in my uh, uh, mixed media, my drawings and so on and so on, um, I conceptualized um, that identity crisis that um, definitely defined me into a bird. Um, into a city right. bird and um, it's a very wretched looking creature um, but very strong and but very and it's all over you can't like get rid of it it's all over and I actually gave it a name and a character and that you know there's this whole strong narrative behind it and um, I did two exhibitions now to date on it and it's kind of my thing um, in the oh, fine art, yeah, <laughs> in the, in the, in the yeah, in, yeah, it's my, it's my thing. I sort of took the identity politics and identity crisis, let me say it like that. Um, yeah, and I gave it a bird. I put it into a city right. bird. And it's not always a pretty bird, right? No, it's, it's actually, actually, let's say it's a wretched, it's ugly. It's, 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 I always yeah. have it in black. Uh, uh, it's always either angry or, or, you know, like if you, if you look at the, the nature of the bird, they're always scratching or, or they're not they're not doing things which is 
you know, looking glam, like like a peacock, for example, you know, like looking all glamorous and it's got swag and what, and it's all colorful. Nah, this bird is not. It's 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 bland. It fits in into the. But it the, has other virtues. It has resilience. It has. It has a lot of that. A lot of that. Yes. Now you see, you see, that's beautiful. That's you see, you get it. You get it. Yeah, that's exactly. That's how. That's how. That's how I, I saw it. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. That. That's. I get it because my um my main character Calvin is probably your bird. I describe him as not being pretty. I mean, he's, well, he's very good look. I mean, he's physically appealing, but he's, he's tormented. He's he's tortured and he's trying to be someone that society expects him to be. And it's not a pretty picture. He's dismissive, dismissive, sorry, of women. Um, He probably drinks too much. He, he swears blindly. <laughs> um, so on the surface, he's the ugly bird, but yeah. you need to scratch that surface and you need to get into the, the, the person's character and not just yeah. judge on, on face value. And what I also try to show is that then his father, for example, Harry, who was quite old school, was, and some could criticize him for trying to be white in quote marks. Ah, uh, yes, Harry, yes. Harry now didn't use the slang. He he spoke, you know, without slang. And mm. he said to Calvin as a little boy, you know, don't use slang. You know, if you want to get a good job, if you want to make something yes, nice. Yes, you got to sound white. Son, yeah. et you got to sound white. And, but he was also like he was – he was his. He was trying to be um, a guidance to him based on structures he knew, and and frankly, if Calvin had tried to go and get a job in a bank using slang, he wouldn't have gotten a job. So yeah, he was directing him in a way that he would, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Help him, but I'm, so I'm also trying to show that there's many different kind. You can't also just say that all colors are the same. Mm. The same you can't say all whites or all. Blacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's many – I've had a reader come back to me, and um, it's, a, it's a friend of mine, a, a colored woman about but younger than me, and she her, her first part of her message were, oh, my word, V, there's so many emotions going on in me because she said initially I got angry, and I said, no, coloreds don't talk like that. And then she said, I remember that my parents never allowed us to use slang, but so-and-so up the street spoke exactly like that. Mm. And then she said, um, it's really coming to life. I can see the characters. I'll tell you what I think when I finish. And then the next part of the message were, you know, um, she said, this was the biggest compliment ever. She said, <laughs> you write like you grew up in a, in a colored family. Mm, so mm, I, mm. that I really, for me, that went to my heart because yes. I wanted to portray it but also show the diversity within yes. the community as well. Yes. And that diversity, in a way, as I said before, reflects, I feel like, our future and our nation because it's only with diversity that we're going to be stronger and progress. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I, yeah, you put that, you put that quite, you put that wonderful. Uh, 
very well put uh, uh very very well put and i get it i solely totally totally get it um that kind of actually wraps up the what i want to talk about the book because i think you pretty much nailed it right. um i i think you know if anybody listening gets exactly what it's about uh see exactly what you were coming from and so on so there's kind of there's kind of two questions and these are like towards the end man um and i'm asking everybody this yes. so this is everyone who's uh who sure. featured on 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 here so as you uh, look man i started uh, my podcast is actually coming up close to being a year uh, a year anniversary uh yeah which is pretty cool so i've been doing it so for about a year um um Yeah, I mean if you know last year this time here in South Africa especially like we were under that hard lockdown and um covid has really changed everything everything. So right. um I'm really interested to know how um how creatives are adapting. So um just like two questions or it's two questions but it's one you can give it as one answer. So um it's about it's, it's more about the um I guess the commerce side um and and, and the marketing side of, of of Mulberry Dream. So um you and your publisher what uh, do you have a because you know now um you know you can't exactly have book launches at least not here in South Africa and there's so many rules and protocol and so forth. So what type of strategy um or how are you using the digital um space, you know? Are you using a lot of social media? are you guys in a uh, you know you pushing um a lot of you know forcing or, or, or pushing the uh i would say the online button and um if so how you know i'm not obviously looking for a, like a heavy detail thing but just yeah i hope you get what i what i'm asking no absolutely and you know i think if you look back on this disastrous year this podcast wouldn't have happened if it wasn't Yes, before. good point. So it, good point. Yeah. It made you look out the box and do yeah. something else and yeah, yeah, good point. Thank you for doing something Thank creative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and, you. And um, I think for myself as well, I probably wouldn't have seen this book finally put to bed and published had it not been for the lockdown because I now had this time and I had a lot of time for yeah, yeah. inner reflection. Um and so just the time but also the headspace to finish it would not have happened so i think there's been a lot creatively that has come out of it um and it while we're not trying to dismiss the negatives it would be good to focus on yeah the positives that yeah. come out of it yeah i'm with so, you so um in terms of so this book would have probably been ready to go um beginning of well it, it was ready beginning of february but we delayed it because we were still in lockdown. Yes. And we wanted to have some kind of launch. Things are a little easier in Zim, but we still have strict covid regulations obviously. Yes. Um so we then actually did hold um a proper in-person launch um at the end of March because now things were open. Yes. You we were only allowed to have 50 people at an event, but we had it all outdoors. we had um individual snack boxes for for people so that there was no sharing of food. ah clever <laughs> um, clever oh we went through so many like we said let's make this creative and it's yes. a novelty um so at the at the desk people had to sign in and they had their temperature taken and they sanitized and they got their little uh, gift bag with a book and a bookmark a commemorative bookmark in it yes they went and got their complimentary wine again outdoors we've got we we work in a beautiful place with lovely grounds mm. and then we set out the chairs socially distanced and we said to people if you're not comfortable pull your chairs further apart 
we had a microphone, we had live music, but everything very much aware of keeping space and keeping yes. it safe. And in fact, we sold out because we only wanted 50 people. So we did it two nights in a row and we sold out both nights. Mm. So we had Fantastic. altogether over 100 people come to the launch, yeah. which was lovely. Um, and then we also own a gift shop, uh, which has a bookshop within it. And so at the moment, that's where the book is being The book sold. is available, yeah. And yeah, so that's where it's available now. But we are looking at... I don't have, unfortunately, um, enough information of what our strategy is um, for the online yes. approach, the ebook approach, because we're still um, just looking at a few options. Okay. But yes, I've been we've been promoting it hard through social media. Like on my personal page, I did this kind of journey of the book, and it really, I think, it, it got a lot of people interested, and the hype around the book was was great on a personal level. And then we're also promoting it through Hubbard's Historical Tours, which is a subsidiary of Pigeon Press, which being quite new still doesn't have a lot of following, but they're linked. And we'll now be developing Pigeon Press. So Facebook a lot, uh, going to yeah. Instagram. Yes. And there's still a lot of work to be done on that, I have to tell you. Because, again, I'm a little bit old school who's trying yes. to get up to date with all of this yeah well what um, you're busy doing with me right now is pretty progressive and like uh people will see that's also why i'm sort of leading you. into the <laughs> i'm uh, totally open to all of it but i'm still learning and yeah and what i've done is i've also been marketing um like through pr and marketing and journalism i've marketed a lot of yeah. other people um and now i'm i've had to learn how to market and sell yourself myself yeah. and, like shove myself out there i i sh <laughs> very unashamedly self-promoted myself and sold a copy of the book this week. They were looking for a good book and I was so reluctant to say, try mine. And then finally, <laughs> exactly what they were asking for was what I could offer. Yeah. So I had to like put aside modesty and say, try my book. <laughs> so having to put myself out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're putting yourself out there on this platform as well, man. And as I said earlier before we started to chat, like my Thank audience you. is growing and they'll listen, which is also why I'm, I'm sort of ending off with, 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 with this question like so so from what i can tell like it's um if you want to contact um or rather um more information on the book they can find the, the the i would say the bulk of the information on your on your social media pages or do you have like a yes. a, a, a website another landing page that you um would prefer people to go to and like things like not apple books what's it amazon books and um, um other um yes. online platforms where can the listeners get hold of mulberry dreams Yes, so as we go forward, we'll be posting that information. Um, but if they could, they're free to follow me. My my page is very public and it's Violet Soheli Kitui. And Hubbard's Historical Tours is a cultural historical um, company that does events and activities which are very rooted in history and culture and the arts. And a subsidiary of that is Pigeon Press, um, which is an independent small publisher with um which was initially started by paul hubbard um who is also my partner and he did it initially to publish his own historical books largely but realized the potential so it's a mix of fiction and non-fiction yes. and the the sort of 
the standard is to only publish interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're really hoping to grow, and as funds become available, uh, we've been doing literary events where we, we try to showcase um, local writers and have events for them and children's reading mornings where we're encouraging reading. Yes. All of this came kind of to a standstill this last year, but we're hoping slowly to start again. So through Pigeon Press, we'll also be keeping people updated mm. and, um, yeah, going forward, just navigating our way through this crazy time. Yeah. We're hoping to ship books as well once things start opening up. There's been a lot of interest um, from South Africa, from the UK, from the States, from Australia, uh, people who know me, but also ex-Zimbabweans. Yes. And, and also what I want to say is I'm hoping that at some point it transcends being um, – you know, a colloquial book um, that mm. it's a story about people and about mm. how we are put into boxes wherever we are. Yeah, yeah. And my first, my first feedback from a non-Zimbabwean was positive. So I'm very happy because it would have been someone who knew nothing about yes, those the social conditions so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, the person's from Wales and they read it and they loved the story and didn't need all the context. So I'm hoping that it will have a universal appeal. Well, I'd be very keen on feedback from anyone who does read it. Yeah. So just for the listeners, like if anybody want to get out of the book, you know, that, you know, um, um, Violet said like where you can get all of it. So feedback and I encourage my listeners uh, at the end of the thing, in a way to give feedback, comment and stuff like that. It's also, it's also important right. aspect kind of this podcast. Um, that is actually, that covers everything. And this is the last, last, last question. And this is something also that I ask everybody, but it's like nothing to do with the book. Um, it's everything to do with COVID-19. Okay. Um, it's a project of mine. Um, so I'm asking everybody, like, will they get vaccinated? If not, why? And, and if so, why? Um, it's quite a divided thing and it's the politics around it is quite massive and it's growing and growing and I'm seeing it every day because, you know, as artists, we need to move around a bit more. So, you know, and um, yeah, and I'm not, it's, you know, I'm not just focusing on the art communities, actually everybody I'm coming into contact with. So um, I know us here in the Southern Africa, I know the whole vaccine rollout has been, yeah, well, it's slow need um, amongst other things. Uh, will you get vaccinated? Do you have an opinion so about I'm it? I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say I'm half vaccinated already and I get oh, my second dose next fantastic. Friday. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. So, we did not see this happening in Zimbabwe. We were sure, like, we'll be the last in the universe to be yeah. vaccinated. Yeah, um, interesting. It's coming through. It's coming through China. Um, there's two Chinese vaccines. Yeah, and um, so you know, there were, there is reluctance still, and even my partner and my daughter and and we all thought about it and looked into it. Yes. Before we had it, we didn't just go blindly and have it done. Yes. But when five or six doctors who we personally know, well, two are vets and the others doctors, not only had it but encouraged us to have it, we we were very comfortable with having yes. it. And we had no problem with vaccines from the start, but obviously everyone was talking about the Pfizer, the Moderna. Yes. And we wondered if we were getting like the bargain rail. Yes. <laughs> of vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what I think is that we're doing a fairly good job of getting people vaccinated. Um, wow. Surprisingly, you know, 
yeah, it's it's kind of a shock to all of us that we're actually rolling this thing out. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Initially, it was just for certain age groups, but now it's open to everybody. I am still struggling to get people convinced, like the lady who uh, works in our shop. Yeah. She um she told me to get back to her in five years if I'm still alive. She'll have it. <laughs> She's watching me every day to make sure I haven't grown. Yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. Like something. a lum or something. Yeah, or something. Yes, you... exactly. So wow. there's a lot of uh there's a lot of prejudice and fear yes. and all of that around yeah. it. But no, yeah. I, I had the first dose I immediately felt uh, uh, when do that you... my life will go back to normal. When do you get your second dose? Sorry, sorry, man. Uh, do, you, do you get your second dose that's coming for uh, or the, the coming, coming for, Friday? Uh, okay, okay, yes. interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. You actually the first person yeah. um, that I that I've asked um, um, that actually what? had the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, you were very very first. Want to or because? Um, I know from specific. a from a South African uh, perspective. I know uh, my friends all abroad. Like they're all like fuck no, and 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 like the ones in, and I know the ones in uh, Ireland were like okay sure, but like they still haven't uh, roll out. The, the actual, uh, you know, a friend of mine I was chatting to from uh, Colorado, when it was a two days ago, he had it. Um, he was actually the first, like, friend, friend, okay. you know, buddy of mine that says, okay, he had. But from, but in South Africa, um, there's actually a, um, well, I don't consider him a friend, but he's a friend of my family's. Uh, uh, he got vaccinated, but that was through dubious means. He got, um, he pretty much hustled the vaccine and, you know, and he's being cocky about it. So, um, okay. other than that, Over people who needed it, yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah, I got the vaccine, you know, and I got it through this, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, this whole colored thing. Like, if you, if oh, you, yeah. if you can get things first, you know, you perceive it as being cool. I, I find such short minded. Well, anyway, we're even using that for vaccines. <laughs> for vaccines, that's why I'm telling you the politics around it is unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's oh why it's God. fascinating getting. It has been from day one, though. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> the, 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 some people are so passionate about like saying no, and and some people are like I just don't care, and others are like oh, I've got to go to work, and and but 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 everybody who I've asked has an opinion, and 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 to some degree, right. and, and and like I said, I'm asking, but of everybody, so. People we won't normally expect to have done a bit of you know a bit of reading or a bit of following up, you know, in this case has. Yeah. So 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 the yes. um, the idea is to get as much information as date as I can and towards another year, you know, put together some form of installation with all of those saying this is what mm. you know the uh, uh, the podcast has been saying to do with the with regards to the vaccine. But yeah, man, thank you for your opinion. Wow, uh, as I said, um all the best with a with a jab in the arm. I hope you don't get uh Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And, um, I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard many people who have had the second, so I'm not sure if you get the same re reactions. But, yeah, um, interesting. And they're talking about all these side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's. Um, I think side effects is a. You're going to have that with anything. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like that, 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 that to me seems like a pretty natural thing. Um, and it, they actually say the side effects means that it's actually working. So um, at least your exactly. movement won't be restricted, and you'll probably be able to travel more. Uh, um, especially with regards to the book, because Absolutely. from what I can tell, like um, it looks like a hell of a story. It sounds pretty epic. Like you've really uh, uh, wet my appetite, <laughs> um, um, and sort of oh, won me over, Wesley. like I in a major it. way. You uh, enjoy it when you get it. Um, yes, I think we should definitely be in touch with regards to that. Uh, maybe we can do some form of a competition or 
giveaway or something around the podcast so that people can tune in and buy the book and that type of thing. I'm definitely open to something like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to. I'm, I'm busy putting together, I guess, because uh, I'm like a year old now. So I'm trying to like, you know, add on to the show. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's, I'm trying, I'm doing this art giveaway. And, and, and yeah, I'm, that's, that's my new little hustle on the, on the podcast. For sure, man. I think let's definitely have that conversation. Have a, a book? For sure. For uh, let me think that let that cover everything. Everything else, um, we can be touched through ugh, all these, you know, WhatsApp, Facebook, um, available. You know, thank you very much for coming through. Yes, I think great. this was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Happy Sunday, and I'll be in touch through social media. Now. Wonderful. Thanks. Okay. Cheers, Sunday. Violet. You too, man. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hey, greetings, everybody. Um, yeah, thanks a lot to Violet for coming through, man. I, that book just sounds epic, man, doesn't it? I just think it sounds absolutely epic. Um, let's definitely try to see if we can do a giveaway on the book on the show. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, I think that the book will also resonate with most of your listeners as well. Um, it sounds really South African and it really sounds epic. So live, I'll definitely follow up with up with her on that and keep you up to speed with that and remember that the show is brought to you by Spudcast and ooh, excuse me Spudcast and Bible. so remember to check out what their network and all the other um, episodes as well uh, and remember to catch me on all the streaming platforms so Spotify iTunes iHeartRadio everywhere Google Podcasts we all over Wesley Peppers Art Lexi and remember to check, catch me uh, any feedback comments uh, and everything, and especially around the book, around today's episode, you can always find me on Facebook as Wesley Pepper, on Twitter it's at Wesley Pepper, on Instagram it's Wesley underscore Pepper, Wesley underscore Pepper underscore. Um, so I'm pretty much aware. I'm on LinkedIn too, so it's also at Wesley Pepper over there. Yeah, man. Um, just in closing, uh, I'll be giving, uh, or rather, I'll be uh, giving up or sending more information with regards to the art giveaway on my social media pages. So you can definitely look out for that. And on the 40s, 52nd, pardon me, uh, episode, um, or rather 51st episode, I think I'll start off with there. I'll make more and more like uh, noise around it and so on. And you'll be able to follow that on all the social media pages. So, and um, yeah, man, we are a year old. It's time to step up the game. So it'll be very cool to do more um, giveaways and so forth. And I think that's also, um, I think that really ties into... Uh, how I see art because um, I think everybody um, listening to the show should um, own some a bit of art or music or books that we're talking about. I think that's also a very part important parcel of the show. So, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed everything today. Um, keep safe, you know, and all of that. Um, I can see that people are getting vaccinated, so we'll be returning to some form of normal. I don't know about here in South Africa, but some form of uh, normality around with regards to moving around uh, by the looks of, looks of it, maybe even in this year, who knows. But till then, people keep safe, and that's it. Catch you next week.